Greetings and welcome to this episode of My Spectrum Life. My name is Jessica and I'm an autism mom and tonight I'm here with my co-host Kelsey. Hey, I am a registered behavior technician and I hope everyone is doing well. I'm excited to be here. And I see you've got a friend in the back with you. I do. I do. <laughs> That's my dog. Um, with everything going around, not just, I hope everybody's doing all right, not just with the COVID-19 and staying healthy, but mm-hmm. also those who are affected with tornadoes. Um, yeah. My dog being one of them is <laughs> very afraid. Um, we did have a tornado touchdown about two to five miles from us. And wow. um, last night, because of my dog and woke us up shaking, she actually alerted us with what was going on with the weather yeah. and just God bless. <laughs> thank, thank God for our animals, because sometimes they can let us know some of the craziest things. I mean, I know that uh, my dog can, uh, I've got two dogs, and they're usually um, closed up with the kids upstairs to be quiet. Um, <laughs> we're hoping, but um, I have a hound that is deathly afraid of um, thunderstorms, and we have had, um, we were actually on alert as well here for some systems of tornadoes and they actually went south of us um into mississippi mm-hmm. which um i've read those some of those were fatal so um uh, I'm, we grieve with those families who have um lost um but we know that we're going to get through these times That's um, that is for sure so um, we just want to encourage all of you. And right now um, we're going to get into something we kind of wanted to, since it's uh, auto- autism awareness or acceptance month, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to make sure and um, touch on some things you might see um, those with autism exhibit so that you can understand what's going on and understand what might be happening. Um, and understand what to do around that. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of behaviors. So tell us about these behaviors and why they happen with those who have autism and what's behind all that. So, um, to kind of stop and, um, refresh everybody's memory, a behavior is a form of communication. So no matter what's going on, a behavior is trying to communicate with you. With that being said, stemming and help me just per perseverating, perseverating. Thank you. I actually struggle with that word. That's that's the clinical term (laughs) Um, is actually a form of communication. It is a behavior, but it's a form of communication. Um, With that being said, um, there's always a function. What is the purpose of the stimming or the perseveration? There it is. Thank you. Um, what is the purpose? What is the function? Um, there is, as we were doing our studies, I'm just, I remember talking to you about, there is, um, disagreements about what is internally causing it. Mm -hmm. Um, but outwardly somebody can see what the function of behavior, for example, let's say, um, you're stemming with, you're constantly picking at your nails like this, and it only comes whenever you have test anxiety, um, or taking a test. Well, the function of the behavior is you're trying to calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. So you always have to look at the function of the behavior, even though we don't know what really causes it right. um, internally, we can just address what is the behavior communicating? What mm-hmm. is the 
function of this paper. The okay, so I actually am doing this and picking at my finger right now, <laughs> but I can stop. You can stop. Right. How is that different for me versus my son who's on the spectrum? Um, it, if you, if you, you know when to stop, but let's mm-hmm. say for example, like your son, he knows how to do this. There was times um, when we were doing online schooling with him and mm-hmm. we asked, Hey, why don't you just put your hands down? You need to stop picking at him. And he's taking his test full blown meltdown, full blown. Like, oh, what do you mean? I have to stop. What? I'm trying to take this test. What? It totally disrupts what they're trying to do. And it's the only way they know how to cope. They don't right. even, sometimes they don't even realize that they're doing where we're very self-aware that we know what we're doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is okay. I can minimize it. I know how to help myself out when to use it and when not to use it as when stemming like hand flapping, for example, walking mm-hmm. up and down a hallway, um, looking out and not making eye contact with is considered stemming as well. Right. Um, is always that they don't even realize they're doing. They don't yeah. realize that it's mm-hmm. not typical, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, well, and that's, that's, I mean, and that's something that we've got to understand that we need to just let them do it. Exactly. Um, unless exactly. it's, I mean, I, and until Curtis, I mean, Curtis will pick at his, his fingernails and stuff until he bleeds. And mm-hmm. so I have to have him stop because it is harmful to him. Right. Um, but, you know, and if he has to get up and start pacing, mm-hmm. um, it's okay. You know, that's one of the things that's beneficial for us, more beneficial for us and for him for doing the homeschool, the online mm-hmm. uh, virtual schooling is because if he needs to take a break and walk up and down and pace for a little bit, it's totally fine. He can do that. And it's not a problem. Right. Whereas in the typical gen ed class, it's he wouldn't be allowed to do that. Right. Um, that's where they do things like um, I've seen, I guess it's part of, it would be a sensory type thing to help with that for an OT order, like putting exercise bands around the feet of the desk so that um, it can stretch those um, in order to get that um, that stimulation that they need. Um, Curtis also does a lot of noises, yes. crazy noises, I mean, non nonsensical noises. Um, there's a technical term for that one. And I can't say that one. Um, echolia or something like, uh, uh echo- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the medical technical term is a little bit difficult to say. So we just leave that there. Um, I can tell that, you know, if his noises are getting louder, um, that means he's more stressed, um, especially if he's having a day where he's, it's really difficult for him to use his words. Um, there, are, there are kids that cannot use words. Um, so if you're around somebody and you, you notice that they're, the noises that they're making are, you know, sometimes they can just be soft um, noises underneath and you can tell that they're okay. Um, but if they start getting louder or something, usually that means they're getting more stressed. And that means it's, um, Curtis is getting more stressed. Have you experienced any of that? 
Um, I have um, just throughout my years of teaching and throughout the years of therapy, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time it's when they're in big crowds. Um, right. They can't control the outside noise. So they escalate because it's, you got to imagine, walk, imagine yourself walking into a coffee shop, Jess, and all of a sudden you pick on the clicking of the fan, the clicking of the coffees, and then everybody talking and everything is at once and your brain cannot mm-hmm. pinpoint what it is. So it's just coming at, it's coming at you like a tidal wave. And so what happens is it's a sensory overload sometimes. And so Mm -hmm. with kids with autism, like I've seen them in the crowds like that, they're like, okay, I'm going to block this out and I'm going to have a noise cancellation and I'm going to calm myself down by the escalating of a constant loud hum or repeated um, sound. And sometimes it doesn't even make sense. And sometimes you're like, why? And then you stop and you think, Oh, wait. And so that's part of stemming that mm-hmm. is acceptable, but not acceptable. Um, if it becomes right. to the point, say, let's say, let's say you're in church or mm-hmm. you're, there are times where you can't have that. That's where ABA, OT and PT and some of these therapies can actually not get rid of it, but help lessen some of the effects. For example, noise cancellation headphones. Um, right. What you were talking about with OT, mm-hmm. um, some of the stemming that they're doing, hand flapping, or some of that might just be, I need sensory input. I need I need deep right. um, hugs or the constant movement of getting up mm-hmm. and walking around and helping, again, anxiety. A lot of times we go back to anxiety. Um, oh, yeah. So prevalent with autism. Mm-hmm. It is. So I have seen it. Mm-hmm. I really have. And sometimes just the walking over. I mean, I've been, I went a couple times um, with the church with uh, some of my clients and I just literally just kind of put the hand like, hey, and just gave the hand a squeeze and it was just more than enough. So mm-hmm. even we do this with our normal children or everyday life that you encompass with the friend. So some of these techniques can even work mm-hmm. with the kid with autism and you don't even realize you're doing it. Right. I love exactly. It. <laughs> and it's, and Sometimes it's it's good to know that you can do something simple like that. And, you know, always if if you are in a situation like you're at church and you have an autistic child come into your care, um, don't be afraid to ask the parent, mm-hmm. what can I do to help them? What is best to allow? Like when uh, Curtis was younger, uh, he couldn't, it was hard for him to stay seated uh, during children's church. There were harder chairs. Um, And so what we would do is we would allow him to get up, but he could walk in the back of the classroom behind all the students. If he needs to get up and pace and walk back and forth, we'd let him do that, but it had to be behind everybody else. Um, And so that was acceptable and it made it, you know, a lot easier if he could do that behind everybody. He wasn't disturbing anybody. And the other students could pay attention to what was being taught. Um, You know, if that's something that they need to do in church or say a scouting program or 4-H or something like that, you know, go ahead and let them do that. Give them that space in the back that they can walk back and forth so that they can do. They're still getting every word that you are saying. Mm -hmm. Oh, they'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. We'd be, I mean... Curtis would be walking back and forth in the middle of children's church, making quiet noises. We'd start asking questions over the story. He'd get them right. Every single one. Nobody else would answer, but he'd get every one of them. So, you know, you never know how much, I mean, they really are 
and can get what you're saying if you right. allow them to do some of these things that help calm them down to a lesser degree in a place where it's not going to disturb everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then what Curtis was doing is called uh, kinesthetic learning. Um, mm -hmm. There is a movement and there's a whole bunch of studies. Um, but the more you move as you're teaching, the more they're interacting and moving, the more they're actually going to remember. So there's mm -hmm. a fun educational study that actually supports not only with kids with autism to help alleviate some of this, but also actually does help them study. Um, wow. So the more you do movements, for example, let's say you're working angles. Okay, show me a right angle or show me an obtuse angle and you do it with the arms, they're actually going to remember it a lot more than if you're just sitting still. I should have done that with Nikki last week when we were doing <laughs> angles. <laughs> it's called kinesthetic learning is what it's called. <laughs> okay, I'll have to look into that because that could be helpful for either of them. Although coordinate plane numbers is not too easy to do yeah some of that is just not going to translate very no, well some of it's not but some of the mm -hmm. or even just getting up and jogging and running and um if you want um i can show you some other different cool tricks that i've actually incorporated with music with dance moves with my own wow, class that's, cool. so. that's great that's great okay so that's stimming, stimming. Mm -hmm. so and there are so many oh and the one thing we need to tell, make clear is there are as many stims as there are people with autism. So when you've seen one child with autism, you've seen one child with autism and their own brand of stimming. Yep. It's not going to be the same for everybody. Well, you might have two with hand flapping, but they're function of that behavior is completely different. They're totally right. different. So you may hear, oh, well, what do you mean different kind of stims? Okay, X, Y, Z can all three have um, hand flapping and making noises, but X, Y, Z, their function of their behavior is completely right. different. Mm -hmm. And it's all based on who they are. And that goes back to being their personality. Yeah. It doesn't have to deal with autism. Sometimes it just goes back to who they are. Who right. are they? What, what intrigues them? What helps them cope? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so another thing is that perseverations, that, that big clinical word we were saying. Um, <laughs> so there are two different definitions that we want to bring. So um, one of them is getting stuck on an activity, spending an inappropriate amount of time doing and redoing something. Mm -hmm. um, it's also uh, perseveration may also refer to the obsessive and highly selective interests of individuals on the autism spectrum. Um, so putting those two together can help you understand some of these behaviors, um, perseverations. Um, well, go ahead and talk about those lovely perseverations. All right. So I'm going to start with a scenario. So okay. imagine that you have a child and it is his birthday party and leading up to his birthday party, he knows everything about all different breeds of dogs. And he knows every, every minute and small detail about all these breeds. So it's for his birthday. He goes, I want an encyclopedia of dogs breeds or breeds of dogs. Okay. So we get it. And it's his first present that he opens up. Guess what? He is so excited. He turns around, doesn't even look at anybody else. He doesn't even open up any other gift. And he is stuck 
on talking about the dogs. And so eventually, hey, you 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 talked to him. Okay, that's awesome. I'm glad you got the encyclopedia, but let's keep moving forward and continue opening up gifts and saying your thank yous and doing the polite thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, every other word is, did you know about these dogs? Did you do this about dogs? Hey, do you know you can do this? This and the whole rest of the hour of the party, you're talking, mm-hmm. they're talking about nothing about dogs. And that's yes. perseveration. Perseveration, yes. yes. That's yep. a tongue twister. Yes, um, it is. That's and it is. Getting, getting, that's, that's getting stuck. It is getting stuck. And, it, and it's on a loop. Stuck. And so if you see your child or, or you see somebody out in public and all mm-hmm. they say is, you know, Thomas the Train was a big one for you with Curtis. Oh, yes. When he, um, when he first, gosh, at 18 months old, we got him his first Thomas the Train and it had a little button. Mm-hmm. And it said something. I don't even remember what it said. He would push that button incessantly over and over and over again until we finally one night when we put him down. It's okay. You can take the batteries out and just say the batteries went dead and we don't have any more and there's no batteries ever. Or just tell your kid it broke. It is broke. It's um. okay because it's okay because that that's going to alleviate uh, your stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had Thomas the train everything. Yep. I still have hit the bedding, you know, backpack. We had toys. We have tons of trains and tracks. Mm-hmm. He'd spend hours, hours building his tracks, putting them together and running them around and trying to get them to go this way and that way and watching the episodes. Mm-hmm. For a while, if we went anywhere and did anything without creaky cranky, it was, I mean, he was throwing a temper tantrum, which actually, I thought it was a temper tantrum, but it was actually a meltdown. Right. Because that was something he needed to help him cope when he was going places. Mm-hmm. It is. So. And it, it, what it is, is he was caught on a loop. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard for him to process that there's anything else that is different that can help me cope. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot with ASD because there is times where you and I, I mean, everybody in their life gets obsessive about something either it's about a tv show that you're watching but it's never to the extent of i can't put it down i can't Mm -hmm. walk away from it right uh, kids with asd that do press perseverate yes um a lot of times therapy aba ot or speech are going to help you move from it because Mm -hmm. it's something that is inhibiting them to have a natural life Um, because sometimes they get so stuck in their loop they forget that they have to eat they forget that they have to bathe these some of these self-help skills Mm -hmm. that they don't think and the best part about it is that they don't even realize that they're even obsessive over it they don't even realize that there's a world outside this there's time keeps going Um, so there's a lot of therapies for that yeah, that's that's one of the things that I have seen. Um, we have yet we haven't gotten our APA in place uh, since we moved yet, and I actually um, am working on that. Um, got some good news on that today, so that yeah. is a positive and going to be helpful for us. But I know a lot of um, people in his uh, youth group because. Uh, it's, you know, it's scary to think that, you know, he's almost 12 years old and he's in the youth group, sixth grade. Um, 
there's two things that are his big things right now. Godzilla and Minecraft. Godzilla has never walked away. No. <laughs> no. No, ever since he um ever since he saw something with Godzilla on it and knew that it was a movie or something, it's just been like you know, he loves Godzilla. He cannot wait until all these movies come out. I mean, he's already told us that he will be so upset if mm-hmm. he can't go to the theaters to see the new movie that's coming out. And I have no idea, nor have, uh, when, you know, if that's been pushed back or whatever, because, you know, our whole entire world and the um, schedule for movies coming out has been disrupted, not just right. movies, but everything in life has been disrupted. So, um, yeah, that could be, it's going to be an interesting, um, I guess, a, a check, uh, you know, back into real world uh, for him, but we'll have to figure out, you know, that's one of those things is when you have to bring your child out of a perseveration, you have to do it very, very carefully mm-hmm. so that you don't trigger a meltdown. Right. And some of the ways that I've seen and observed you do um, when I was working with is you responded with empathy, said, hey, I understand you're talking about this. Let's do. Did you know about this and this? And you naturally get him off the topic. Um, Mm -hmm. You've also um, help him make connections. So, like, for example, yes, you can watch this once you do this, this and this. So you and by that time, once he's done something else, he's like, okay, um, I'm good to go. Um, The other one that you've really done that I've seen that I really like that ABA has actually will teach your son if you ever do have ABA therapy or your child um, Mm -hmm. is self-monitoring. Okay. Am I doing this too much? How do Mm -hmm. I scale it back? How do I, how do I get myself unstuck? And I've seen Curtis grow. Um, Mm -hmm. Just stories that you've heard and the stories that I've been, I've seen him grow. He's like, Hey mom, I'm getting stuck or, Hey mom. And he actually tells you I'm Mm -hmm. I'm going in that place. Mom, can you help me out? And he does it. Mm -hmm. He's caught it. He's caught it. But one of the things that is so, so difficult with those who have um, loved ones who are on the spectrum is if there is any sort of anything that is, it disrupts the schedule, the routine, it can cause, um, sort of a regression, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't, um, for, in our experience, um, it's caused quite a bit of a regression. And so we are in the process of, you know, trying to get back to normal things I've made, you know, I've had to go back to making visual schedules, um, you know, making sure everything is out. Although I have a difficult time using those visual schedules as we're, you know, still got boxes piled up everywhere. Um, We're still working on getting everything um, situated, but uh, you know, it's okay if they have to go back to visual schedules sometimes, you know, just keep those things. Um, We've had to go back and, you know, I thought we were past the, um, the token boards. Turns out we're not. Um, you know, cause we have, I've used it, I'm using where we get five little tokens and then you get to right. do an activity. Well, I took one of the, um, one that I found and got off of teachers pay teachers and I made little, um, things for, okay, once you get five, you can take a such and such a break and a such and right. such a break. Um, and I have 
like, and I've even made like a ton of these things as to what the rewards can be so that, you know, when the time comes, they could, uh, my kids could choose, but there would be like a way that I could say, okay, we're not choosing X, Y, and Z because it's not appropriate time for it. Um, And sometimes you just have to go back to those basic things, revamp them and use them again to help them regulate, to help them not, you know, perseverate, to, to get off and, and help them not to get stuck on all those things that they can get stuck on. Right, exactly. And so in a lot of ways, you use flexible thinking like mm-hmm. hey, I, and empathy all in once. I understand this is going on. So I'm going to utilize our tool belt that we have and mm-hmm. help you cope in a better manner than regressing. And mm-hmm. so props to you. Cause I know that's hard for parents. I know it's hard mm-hmm. in the educational system. Um, yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to all the parents who are dealing with this, because as you said, COVID has disrupted a lot. So you're going to see a lot more stemming. You're going to see a lot more of these mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> preservation. <laughs> well, they're preserving themselves by perseverating, I guess we could say. Sorry. Um, Fun fact, I had speech growing up, so I still stem um, on certain words or mess up on certain words. But um, I just want to give a shout out to those who are dealing with those kids and can't get a break. Um, So I do think that your words of encouragement are phenomenal. Go back to basics. Go. It's okay. Don't don't ever (laughs) throw out those tools that your therapists give you keep them filed in a place because you may have to pull them back out to Mm -hmm. like, I still have um, visual schedules. And so I'll go back and I'll look at the different visual schedules and say, okay, what did we do back then? Okay. How can I modify it to make a new appropriate visual schedule? Right. Um, Just because I, you're going to have to do that. I'm going to have to do that from time to time. Um, And I just, uh, I just, I have just kept them because I thought, you know, I might want to go back and look at them as a reference and I'm finding that I have. Um, so yeah, if you have those things, keep them. Um, or, you know, at the very least, take a picture of it with your phone or something and keep a, a picture file of what it was so you can refer to it if you don't, if it's not something that you can actually physically keep. Right. Um, because then you can just at least refer to it. Um, keep a file on your computer of past, you know, all these different tools that you have that you find that you think um, are, is going to help you mm-hmm. um, in the, you know, in the future or just something to reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then visual schedules are not just with pictures. It, it sometimes could be a list if they're um, middle school and up or they have the appropriate means to read just a list. Um, mm-hmm. We make lists. How many times do you make a visual schedule going down the grocery store? That's a list. Yeah. It's a visual schedule. Like, okay, I need this, this, and this. Yeah. And it's a reminder. Um, yeah. But a visual schedule is not just with pictures. It's right. a visual like, this is what I'm doing for today. This mm-hmm. is what we're doing. Um, and sometimes that in itself can eliminate anxiety, which if your kid is stemming um, due mm-hmm. to anxiety, guess what? You just help them cope. And you're also teaching them ways how to cope with their own anxiety. So right. now you're teaching them and lessening some of the stemming as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of works hand in hand. Yeah. Um, to understand the function of a behavior. Yeah. 
And I always get their input when you're making things like mm-hmm. that, because I had found at one point in time, I tried to make a list that went like one, two, three, four, you know, across. Right. Mm, no, did not work. Nope. Curtis was very much, it had to be on top of each other and straight down. And, and it has to be, you know, the boxes and everything have to be justified right. to the left hand of the side of the paper, mm-hmm. you know, or all in the middle. It can't, you know, be all over the place. It has to be straight because for him visually, it got too convoluted and messed up. Right. Um, so be aware of those things. Um, if they're not following certain ways or certain things, watch what they're doing. And if they start stimming, if you give them a visual schedule, then ask what's going on um, and what would help them better use it. I'll tell you. Yeah, because they're more than happy to tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, they don't usually, I mean, they'll just be blunt and tell you. Yeah, right even up. the nonverbal ones, they'll either go into more of a protesting scream or they'll mm-hmm. They'll point like they will tell you, you don't have to use words and you, and that's, what's the coolest thing is, you know, your child best and you know how to read your child. So Mm -hmm. when we say, ask them, we're not just saying, oh, they can tell you, but it's, you know, your kid and what each scream means, for example, if they're nonverbal, what each hit means that they hit any Mm -hmm. of these nonverbal behaviors, you know your kid and how to read it. Just like if you had a baby, you know which one is a hungry cry when I need to change a diaper. There's a difference. And the same thing with these kids who are nonverbal. So when you ask Mm -hmm. a nonverbal, if you have a nonverbal child and you ask them, they'll tell you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They they will tell you. Uh, There's there's so many forms of communication that we are unaware of um, that we just... I don't know where we may be like unaware that our brains are processing mm-hmm. that we don't um, know that we have to be able to teach um, and, or that we just automatically get, but to uh, people on the spectrum, it's not there. And so there are ways to help figure out what, with what the limited communication, even if, if it's limited to, grunts and right. uh, exactly. screams and such, you can still understand them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times there are those who are nonverbal that use sign language. Yeah. I mean, so they're, they're still, just because they can't, that's one of the things I think that probably is an irritation to a lot of parents of those that are nonverbal is to think that they're not capable of doing anything. They're in there. They are so in there. I mean, imagine if you were trapped in your body and you couldn't make, right. you couldn't form words. Right. I mean, that's, that. I, so many people talk about coming out of a coma and they say, you know, they could hear every single word that a person said to them, but they couldn't reply right. and how, you know, tough it was for them not to be able to reply. Well, that's what it is for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I get on a soapbox at times because um, <laughs> for the uh, the person with autism, our world is an alien planet. Right. You know, and when they let you in. They let you in. They let you in and it's a privilege. It is a privilege. It is a privilege. 
Um, and as a parent, when you see your child letting somebody else in, like a therapist to help them, it's a relief. It is such a relief to say, okay, great. They're going to be able to learn something and get that from this person and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's just, that's, I don't know, that's one of the cool things that I saw that Curtis um, did with you is he, he let you in. He did. <laughs> So I still talk to him from time to time. He still, uh, was it the kids Facebook message? Oh, he'll message me all the time. Mm -hmm. Still talk to him. Yeah. He's a good person. I absolutely love who he is. And I love Mm -hmm. who's coming. Right. I really do. He's growing up to be a good kid. And if we just, if we'll just step back and try to understand those with autism, we will be amazed at how awesome these people, these kids are, how much they overcome on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Oh my goodness. I mean, taking it back to stemming and the P word. (laughs) Perseverating. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I mean, can you imagine being aware and being taught through therapies when, when you can and do it and that you're constantly thinking about, can I do it now? Can I do it here? And you're constantly picking everything that you're talking about. Um, can I talk here? Can I wait, wait, you just did this. What does this mean? Can you, as draining. So by the end of the day, they're like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's there every day. I mean, just by glimpses of who I've talked to and what I've seen, mm-hmm. I can never speak for them. Um, mm-hmm. But we can talk about their outward behaviors and their functions of their mm-hmm. behaviors. Right. So, Yeah. Well, I am so glad that we were able to um, have this time with everybody, and I hope that you've enjoyed the show. Um, make sure that you, if you have been watching on uh, YouTube, uh, that you like and subscribe to the channel. Um, if you were watching on Facebook, give us a thumbs up and uh, make sure you turn on your notifications um, for both YouTube and Facebook so you know that when, when we're going to um, be on. Also, you can catch us on Instagram at My Spectrum Life as well as Twitter at My Spectrum Life One. Um, I know we haven't been as um, uh, daily on our Instagram posts. We're working on trying to pull that together um, and get back out there and get, doing that a lot more. Um, just so you know, the next My Spectrum Life will be on April 20th at 7 Central, 8 Eastern time. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. Um, and uh, I think, did I cover it all? If you have any questions or you want to cover a topic that we have yet to discuss, please email us at info at myspectrumlife.com or just shoot us a comment on Facebook or um, our Instagram or Twitter because we would love to hear from y'all. Yes, we would. And with that, remember... With faith, love, and fidget Fidget toys. toys. (laughs) And fidget toys. Oh, man. Make sure you have plenty of fidget toys. We're going to make it. Good night.